sales win rates have plummeted to a mere 17%, and outdated technology and tedious manual processes are to blame. Meanwhile, managers lack the visibility they need to hold their teams accountable. But imagine a world in which these crippling issues are solved automatically. Revenue.io automates the most frustrating parts of sales so reps can focus on what they do best, selling. Completely automate pre-call research, logging conversation data in your CRM, writing post-conversation recap emails, and prioritized outreach. And as reps book more meetings and close more deals, managers gain the real-time insight they need to scale what's working across their entire team. Ready to say goodbye to tedious sales processes and watch your win rate soar? Head over to Revenue.io to learn more. Hey everyone, I'm Jordan Henderson and welcome to the RevOps Podcast. I'm joined today by Jonathan Stevens and Brandon Redlinger. Hey guys. What's up guys? Today we are going to talk about something super exciting. Uh, it is actually something that I think we will probably have to revisit like a half a dozen times because the topic has a lot of depth. And as I went through sort of planning out an outline for this, for our for our very loose structured conversation, uh, I thought of like a million different things for us to talk about. So we're going to keep it in a couple of them today and, and know that we have future episodes about this. SDR, structuring and alignment. I think it's one of the most important things about it. Super excited to talk to you guys about today. But I think before we actually dive into like SDR structuring alignment, we're going to have some listeners who probably at smaller startups, maybe it's their first startup and they're like, maybe they're in product marketing or some some role that they have no idea what an SDR even is. Are you trying uh, to say so product marketers don't know what SDRs are? You, you caught that, That's- did you? Nothing gets by you, Brandon. Wait, what? <laughs> Notice I didn't say marketing operations. Jonathan owns our SDRs a lot, so I know that he's there aware. Uh, all right. So, so, but high level SDR is just a sales development representative, thus the acronym SDR, who's responsible for prospecting. They research and reach out to new clients who might be interested in the products that your company sells, and they introduce those clients to the company, which is a really nice way of saying they pester the hell out of somebody until they take a call with an AE and that's what an SDR's goal is. So um, why would a company have SDRs? That is it's sort of a huge fundamental question that you have to solve before you decide why structuring your SDR team is important. Do we have one in general, right? Um, there's, there's really like, there's a handful of reasons, but the most common reason why an SDR team would exist is it just increases your at-bats. Typically, you have some version of a problem as a company with, with lead gen or, or pipeline problems. I mean, I think everybody, I don't think any sales leader in the world has ever said, I have too much pipeline. Um, and, and you need additional pipeline avenues just beyond marketing, right? Like we can't rely just on one avenue to generate all of our leads. We want to have some self-generation, things like that. Investors are going to want to see it. And, but if I rely solely on my AEs to be that next avenue of pipeline generation, then I'm requiring my AEs to not only close new business, work deals, probably do some post-close work, but I'm also requiring them to switch gears over to like research and prospecting and outbounding. And they're switching back and forth, which results in them sort of never doing anything quite as well as if they just focused on one thing, right? And so one of the key problems that an SDR team solves is creating more pipeline by having a team solely dedicated to something that is actually in itself an extremely challenging and full-time job. So I think that's sort of 
frames the, that. And then there's also like a whole other bunch of other reasons why you would have an SDR team, which we will probably talk about today from an alignment standpoint. Um, but so how do companies specifically structure SDRs? But actually, before we get to that, there's one thing that I want to do because Brandon acted like he's all king shit over here and knows everything <laughs> about SDRs. Brandon, why don't you tell me about the day of a life of an SDR? What does it look like? What's that like? So um, a, a little background. I My first real job out of college, I was an SDR. Like, we didn't call it oh, SDRs. Oh, shit. I didn't know you were an SDR. Oh, Busted. shit. Wow. <laughs> you really suck on calls for, for somebody who spent so much time. <laughs> <laughs> no, but uh, I mean, yeah, it was, it was um, like boiler room, right? We were on the phone six, seven hours a day. Um, we were sending emails like like these days SDRs are expected to do like a hundred activities a day. We were doing five, six, seven hundred activities a day. Oh my god! Mm. Yeah, uh, like luckily we had um, a, an awesome dialer like Ring DNA. Honestly, I have no idea if it was Ring DNA or not. Could have been, but uh, that made things easier. We had a sequencing tool. Like all that stuff made my life a lot. I don't easier. think it was Ring DNA. The company is not that old. I don't don't act like <laughs> you're do like you 20, 25 spring <laughs> chicken in here. Just okay, you're right. You're right. <laughs> <laughs> um, but like, I, I, I know the SDR position is a lot of rejection, um, and just a lot of people just not getting back to you. Um, but honestly, like, I think the best run SDR teams have that camaraderie, at least among the team where like, even though you're getting the shit kicked out of you every day, um, by prospects, like it can be an actually actually pretty cool like team environment um so it's true it is it is one of the most close-knit teams percent company that, that's it's like you, that's, you're going to battle with each other so much and like you're just getting watching each other get the shit kicked out of each other right? yeah i but, mean that's 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 four that's four swear words on this podcast today by the way <laughs> so we've, hit our, we've hit our quota two of them were me but, but like, like just one. just a heads up we'll all right i'm gonna break. put a shit in there um <laughs> now, now we're over a quota and this is the only scenario where where that doesn't isn't a good thing right like typically, typically we want to exceed quota not on the swear words not on, on the, the swear words. Okay. <laughs> right. um cool well sweet i i love i love it i actually didn't know you were an sdr and that's 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 super interesting it is such a developmental role that so so many people have done it right and i've actually managed sdr teams the close-knit nature of an SDR team is just every, every company has it because they're just grinding together, like absolutely grinding. Um, I, right. I actually started, uh, one of my first roles was an outbound prospecting SDR as well, where I was just Wait. power dialing. And I, I gotta, was, I gotta, I gotta ask the question. How yeah. long did you do that role for? Not long. <laughs> <laughs> I, uh, I cannot imagine you in that role. No, no. Like I'm much I, better as a technical engineer, not as good as like the outbound speaker guy. <laughs> yeah, yeah. Which it is. It's a whole skill set. Um, yeah. we, we can. Yeah, it's it's crazy, right? Like, no, I I wouldn't hire you as an STR. No <laughs> <Okay>. <laughs> if I wrote emails, I'd be fine. <laughs> yeah. Emails don't work anymore. It's, no, it's 2021. Don't. Nobody even reads them. <laughs> um. Cool. So. 
I think that I think that sort of sets the foundation for for what an SDR is. I actually didn't know you guys were both SDRs. This makes this conversation even more fun. Mm-hmm. Um, I, I should say I didn't know you both failed out of being SDRs. <laughs> yeah, well, um, well, why do you think we're but, marketers now? <laughs> <laughs> um, but so getting into the actual meat of the thing. How do companies structure their SDR team? Now, this this is actually a really interesting thing, right? Like, I've 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 managed SDR teams. I've been at a few companies where we had SDR teams. Uh, most companies, most tech work, tech companies specifically do. They call them BDRs, SDRs, whatever you want to call them, development reps of some kind. Um, a lot of a lot of companies will structure them in a couple of different ways, right? Like, oftentimes companies say SDRs are solely outbound prospecting. We're going to have them just focus on outbound prospecting. Marketing can do marketing stuff, but SDRs are doing outbound prospecting. Um, some companies have them cover both, where they handle marketing leads some of their time. Then you have some sort of lead routing, and then then they're also doing outbound prospecting, and they have kind of like a split quota about like hit this number of outbound and this number of inbound, and make your commission check. And some companies have them split in half. Um, there's also companies that have them report directly to marketing. I actually know that uh, our CMO, William, and, and our VP of demand, Jen Colleen, I believe have both managed SDR teams in their, in their previous lives. So, so it, it can, or they report to the CSO or an SDR manager or VP of sales, whatever that might be, right? So it can kind of wildly vary in, in regards to how it's structured. So, so before we, like what I want to talk about, First, tell me, you guys, what do you prefer? Let's do that. You mean reporting? Reporting-wise? No, no, like, yeah, reporting, like, who do they report to? That's fine, I guess. I, I don't give a shit for what it's worth if they report to the CMO or the CSO. Like, that's six swears, by the way. Um, <laughs> but but I, I don't really I don't really care because at the end of the day, the alignment underneath is what really, really matters. Um, right. But from, like, a structural standpoint, we talk about these different structures. What do you guys prefer? Your marketers, tell me what you want. Yeah, I personally like the inbound-outbound approach, having dedicated inbound and dedicated outbound. Uh, it's a lot of work to make manage inbound leads, especially if you've got a strong marketing team who's constantly paying for leads or bringing leads into the website. So as long as you can keep the lead volume high enough to support an inbound SDR team, I would prefer to kind of have them separated as opposed to trying to balance both. Nice. Yeah. I, I mean, obviously, you know, I structure, helped structure our SDR team here at, at Ring DNA in that way. So I'm a huge proponent yep. of the same thing. There's an added benefit to that, by the way, which is that you guys go back to when you were SDRs and how hard it was. You're losing all the time. It's just no, 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 voicemail, 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 right? Mm-hmm. If I get a few inbound leads, if I get to spend some time doing inbound leads, if I'm split into just doing that for a while, I'm going to get a few more wins and feel a bit better about myself, which is going to help me be a better sales rep. But um, so but I so I agree with, with where you're at. Brandon, what do you think? Wait, so you said you, said you guys both prefer specialized where there's – you have yeah, yeah. Inbound, so like, like, um, like having part of your team yeah, aligned totally. to just inbound and part of your team aligned to just outbound. I, on the I actually, side. I'm going to take the other side on that. I do, I do like the hybrid role. So, um, well, yeah, hybrid where you are doing both, and I, I do see that hybrid roles exist more in the higher ASP range. Um, so, a little curveball to throw at you again here is I've managed an SDR team before myself. Um, I, I'm not. I'm not your traditional product marketer. I came from demand gen at one point in my life. Um, but I, I did do, you? Did you? Did, did, did I really? You? Did I really? <laughs> <laughs> Prove it. <laughs> uh, no, but I, I like usually if you are aligned to like territories or maybe it's even one to one for AE to SDR, um, like. 
I, I do think it works best where you are taking both inbound and outbound at once. You guys are working those accounts together. Um, and like I, 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 we, we've switched back and forth. I think it just worked better when that person is solely responsible for everything in that territory or all of the leads that go to that one rep. Like it, I, you don't I have to worry frankly, about frankly. I'm honestly surprised by this answer. Jonathan, what, what, what are you saying? <laughs> my, my one comment would be, did you run into capacity issues where they couldn't have time to manage your I have, I have way more than one comment, but I'm going <laughs> to let you feel this one first. So. That'd be where my one concern with that approach. Uh, capacity issues with, with like not, enough, um, not enough time for a rep to go outbound or inbound or what? Or just the rep not having enough time to focus on inbound because they're also focusing on outbound. I mean, if, if they structure their day well enough, um, and I think if you do well enough planning, I think it, I think it'll work. Like, I, I, I think, think it will work. It's not. <laughs> we made it work. It <laughs> might work. It maybe work. It might work. Wow. Um, I have. I have way more. What about speed to lead, man? What about what mm. about uh, special? So, so if I have just an inbound team, right? I can I can absolutely set an SLA to say that if you're on the inbound team and you get a demo request, you have five minutes to respond to that person. Which, by the way, there are thousands of statistics out there that say if you respond in the first five minutes or the first fifteen, there's a huge difference in whether or not that person ultimately converts, right? Which is ultimately affecting marketing in a huge way because they're actually spending the money for that lead. If it doesn't convert because I called them at 12 minutes instead of five, marketing is the one that paid the price for that. So, mm-hmm. so speed to lead. Let's start there. Cause I have other things. Totally. Well, that, I, that, that is a very strong argument for specializing that, that is for sure. There's no doubt. 100%. Like you will absolutely be able to follow up with leads quicker that way. Um, like I, I, I I'm not going to argue that one at all. All right. Well, then I'm moving on to my next one. Just <laughs> keep going. He's I have, under I have, the microscope. Yeah, yeah. No, because you're wrong, and I'm going to tell you why. You're wrong. <laughs> okay. <laughs> um, I have no, no. This, this is awesome. We we actually haven't had this sort of like. I, I'm honestly surprised. My, uh, specializing. My other huge point on this. I like really. I really believe that inbound and outbound teams, the SDR being separated that way, is super valuable for one other like hugely important reason which is I can have my inbound reps spend more time understanding the content that we're using to convert. That way they're speaking the same language that the, the, the people coming in, the leads that marketing is creating are about the content that came in. Whereas if my team is split, they're spending their time fielding leads when they come in. The rest of their time is researching outbound prospects and cold calling those people. They're not actually spending time going through the marketing content because that's just a portion of what they're doing. And frankly, they don't have the time to do it. Mm-hmm. I will say also, um, like when you are again, when you are getting into like higher ASPs, uh, more enterprise sales, you are getting less inbound, and you do have That's to true. do a lot more outbound. So, mm-hmm. like, yeah, maybe just have a, just have a, a smaller less, inbound maybe. SDR team. Sure. <laughs> <laughs> Problem solved. Just saying. <laughs> I don't understand. Yeah, I think 
it goes back to a lot of the things we end up on is where it, it'll vary depending on size of company and I and I, disagree, I disagree with this. I mean, the only the only way that I say it, it can vary is if you have a very minimal marketing budget or you're just starting out marketing and you're not sure you'll have inbound leads that sort of thing. But like the moment that you have a high enough inbound lead volume to actually have one justified standalone inbound SDR, I think it's totally the right decision to actually have a standalone inbound SDR because I think they're going to have a faster speed to lead. They're going to have more specialized conversations with the people who are converting on the content there. I also believe that then that person can align back to marketing in a way that provides more feedback to marketing about the content and leads that are coming in versus it being sort of like disparate across the team. Yeah, but that's very true. So it doesn't vary, Brandon, is what we're saying. <laughs> <laughs> but you can I, I tell mean, me I'm wrong. I mean, I, 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 you, like, you can vehemently... Tell, tell me why I'm wrong. <laughs> uh, I, I would say I do see more hybrid models these days anyway. Um, I mean, maybe that's right. Maybe that's wrong. But so then 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 because because what I when I look at it, I see all the benefits of an inbound team and all the benefits of an outbound team. Right. Like I, I can see that visually. What, what are the benefits of the hybrid way? Like walk me through that. Like what's what's the what's the plus there? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I, I I do feel like you're just a lot more aligned on the territory and aligned with your rep. Like, I think that's I think that's the main the like main the, reason. The closeness to the AE, the alignment yeah. to the specific AE. Exactly, and again, you know, I'm coming from you know Engageo, where we are doing a lot of ABM, and you have very specific um, accounts. You have that target account list that you're going after. Yeah. So it's like. Sure, you, you do have kind of that air cover too, that that extra territory that, you know, it's not on your target account list and they're coming inbound. Um, but then there, you do have a good amount that are on your target account list coming inbound. And the people you're going outbound after is obviously only people on your target account list. Um, so Yeah, like, I, w- mm-hmm. I, will, I will grant you two things here as pluses that you just said I think. <laughs> the the i think if you're i think if your marketing strategy is heavy abm which we do a lot of abm here at ring dna mm-hmm. it does become a bit complex to make sure that you're aligning enough non-abm leads to the inbound team because you do want the abm leads to go to the outbound sdrs who are actually working those accounts right because mm-hmm. that that's good strategic approach and and i i guess the the upside of the ae sdr alignment that's like super close knit is it probably would have the added bonus of helping your sdrs learn a lot fat, like potentially faster. I don't necessarily think it would be, but potentially help them ramp faster into becoming, you know, an individual contributing AE. Yeah. I think if you're like involved with AE, just seeing how the AEs just rock the sales deals and they can speak to your product so well, like just having that visibility into how your AE sells is super powerful. Right. And it's also education on like territory or vertical or however you're structured. You're going to be able to lot, learn a lot quicker and you don't have to be spread so thin. If you're taking inbound and it's like, who who knows where it's coming from or what vertical they're in or what territory or geo or whatever, um, like you're not going to be able to have as good of a conversation. You're not going to be able to talk to their pain points or specifically know their business as well as you would if you are broken out into those Specific, like how yeah, the industry specific, yeah, the industry yeah, specific exactly. language and lingo, SDR, BDR, blah 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 blah. Right. Um, interesting. I mean, it, it's it's a valid consideration. I still disagree with you vehemently, but I understand <laughs> where you're where you're coming from. Not um, just a little vehemently. Vehemently. <laughs> that, that's 
is the word we're, we're choosing for this. Um, so, so I guess like my, my next question, because one of the reasons as a RevOps person specifically, and I, I think John, Jonathan actually touched on this when he was talking about it, that I like having an inbound SDR teams that just does NBR inbound is that that team almost kind of exists in this weird ether between sales and marketing which really helps me create a bridge between those teams that helps my alignment. It helps us align better to the leads that they're creating. It helps us give more feedback on the messaging and the content upstream to marketing to improve there. How do you do that in a hybrid role? Like, do, do you feel like you lose some of that? The, just the feedback loop? Yeah, feedback loops and like the alignment in general. Like, like I can say, for example, that if my inbound SDR team's quota capacity is X, then my marketing's quota capacity should match it, right? Because they're fielding 100% of the marketing leads. So it's really easy for me to align directional goals as well as like the feedback loops just generally across those two teams because I have that very clean delineation. So so my, and, I, and I've, I mean, I man, when I managed an SDR team, it was actually a hybrid role, which is why I probably hate it. Um, no. But, but, but uh how, do yeah. you feel like you lose that or how do you not lose some of that? Yeah. yeah I, by the way, I, I will say we switched like three times. Like we started out, <laughs> like, we started out as hybrid. Don't do that for everybody listening. Do <laughs> yeah, not switch terrible. them three times. These your ops poor, team will these, quit. These, yeah. Your, first, your ops team be pissed. Plus, your poor SDRs, they're sitting there like, oh, like this, this quarter I'm inbound, oh, this quarter I'm it. hybrid, Absolutely. this quarter I'm yeah. outbound. Oh my God, they're just going to leave. Yeah, no, that absolutely they hated it, and um, it, it is it's it's hard on everyone. Um, but like, I, I think the the point there is really like there are so much ben- there are benefits and also downsides to both. Because like we were doing like when I came on, they they were doing the hybrid, and it's like, well, there's actually a lot of benefits if we just do specialized. And then we did specialized, and it's like well, you know what? Maybe we just didn't do hybrid well enough. Here are all the benefits for a hybrid model. And then we switch back. Um, I guess I, I guess our conversation wasn't interesting enough. See you later, John. Yeah, Brandon, did, did, did Jonathan just get up and leave? I disagree with you vehemently. He obviously was having none of it. He just got yeah, up he's like, you know what? I'm, I'm out of here. I'm done. <laughs> I also appreciated that he's wearing bright orange shorts, but I never would have known that had he not walked off camera. So... That's hilarious. Wow. wow. I cannot believe every time we record something like this happens to him. Um, the, the boss this is really called, interesting. guys, so, so I got to leave. No. Yeah, sorry, guys. Um, but but I'm actually, for, for everybody listening to this, I'm actually really curious because uh, I think it's really clear where, where we sit, where, where, I, where I sit and Brandon sits. Um, I, I want to hear other people's feedback. Like, where do people stand on this? Absolutely. Message me. Let us know. Like, I, I, I think... Jonathan's probably right when he says it depends, but I also think I don't agree with that at all, and I'm not going to cave <laughs> in right now. Prove me wrong. Somebody prove me wrong, I, or or don't. Uh, let us know where you where you stand. Um, but oh, Jonathan's back. Hey, thanks for joining us, baby oh, girl. Sorry about that, guys. There he is. So, there in full is. disclosure, I have a nano reef tank arriving today, and that was a delivery guy. Trying to call that is so. the nerdiest reason you've ever left. <laughs> I, <know. the> <laughs> I probably should have said something else. <laughs> yeah, just like the yeah. boss called again. Do you just see yeah. that one? So that's fine. Well, a nano reef tank. Also, a nano reef tank will take commissions for this, by the way. Free promo. <laughs> yeah. Red Sea. Um, yeah, exactly. <laughs> um, right, cool. I want to I move on. 
Jonathan, you missed nothing of value, I doubt. So we're <laughs> going to keep going forward. Uh, we were still debating. Uh, but so then, then this, is, this is the less debating question, but I'm very curious where you guys stand. Who should, which department should the SDR team report to? Uh, so I... I, I'm actually with you on this one. I really don't care. Like I, Trish you Bertuzzi, don't know where I'm at. No. <laughs> <laughs> you, you alluded to it. <laughs> no, that, <laughs> I said so strongly, actually. <laughs> yeah. uh, but like Trish Bertuzzi said it well a few years ago, and I totally agree with it. It's like whoever has the most capacity, whoever has the most passion, whoever, the, uh, whoever has the most ability to run your SDR team, whether that is your person in marketing, your head of marketing or whatever, or whether that is someone in sales. Great. Like I, I really don't care myself. So, um, so let me get this clear though. Cause I am baffled, which is, so you like a hybrid theory because you like the SDRs to be closely aligned to their salesperson, but ultimately you don't care if the SDRs are aligned to the sales team. I, it, the SDRs rolled up in marketing, Right. And my and my previous company, but we had a, like marketing had a great relationship with sales. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Like I'm not, so I'm, not, the, I'm not actually not disagreeing with you at all. I actually totally, totally. I don't I don't care. They're, they're <laughs> yeah. going to have an SDR manager who ultimately manages it anyways, and that person is is going to be very closely tied to the sales team, regardless of who they roll up into. It's it's kind of like well, to be honest, it's kind of like most jobs. It doesn't really matter who 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 you roll into at the top level most of the time, but. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Right. Like th- I've, I've heard arguments like it's got to be sales because like that's the career path. I, I, I disagree with that because like, I mean, wh- what do you think the career path is going to be like just because it rolls into marketing? You're going <laughs> to you're going to become a marketer after that? No. Like the, well, the data I mean, I'm sitting shook. on here with two former SDRs that are in marketing. <laughs> Clearly <laughs> something <laughs> went wrong. So. <laughs> well, I think, yeah, at, the, at that time they did roll into sales. <laughs> they roll into yeah. sales. <laughs> so, so that's what told you I don't want to be in sales. Screw this. Quickly. I don't want to be in sales. I, I, I mean, I was an AE for two years actually after that. God, just so. nugget, nuggets of nuggets of stuff here. Like, I didn't, there, I didn't there know this. We talked about that <laughs> another day. Um, Jonathan, you have you have strong thoughts on this. I do not have strong thoughts. I think. <laughs> Way to take a stance, guys. Way to take it. This is going to be such great listening. Everybody's going to be like, yeah, I love that they were like all over that. So opinionated. I do. I will say that if I had to choose one, I think in the sales bucket is probably the one that makes the most sense just because of the alignment to the AEs and the outbounds just to ensure that, you know, all the sales reps are kind of on the same page, talking the same language, selling the same stuff. All right. Well, yeah. if I had to choose, I would choose marketing. Really? Because I'm a marketer and I would want to control. I want control. Right? <laughs> <laughs> I, okay, like, I changed mine. <laughs> <laughs> You're but, both but wrong, see, and let me tell you. No, I'm scared. God damn it. No, but like, I, I think so much of the, like, obviously a lot of the work of a sales rep these days, or in SDR these days, it, it, like, they, they rely so much on email or social selling or like the written word, right? And who's better at the written word? Hands down marketing. Like you can't, you can't argue with me on that one, right? Like I want control over that eh, messaging. There's a different, there's, oh, well, there, we, we talked about messaging, but there's a difference between sales emails and marketing emails, which well, that, is an important that, distinction that's for That's actually people very who true. Learn. Yeah. I, that that is that is very true. Um, I I've seen plenty of companies before where marketing writes the emails, and it sounds and looks like a marketing email. The headline, yeah, like I'm is trying like, to get you to click twenty five ways, not like take a meeting. Yeah, yeah. 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 We try it's to make it all thing. pretty with buttons yeah. and graphics. <laughs> yeah, that's that's fair. 
but but I I also think the the goal of an SDR is more aligned with the goal of your demand gen team than it is aligned with the goal of your AEs and your selling team. That that's why yeah. I like it under marketing. I think that's true uh, in some ways. The, the only reason that I would push back is, like I said, I don't really have necessarily super strong thoughts on the feeling. If I, I, I would say what Jonathan said, you know, gun to my head, I have to decide at the end of the day. And at the end of the day, I, I would put it under the sales team. And the, the, the main reason I do that is actually one of the things that I see is most valuable that an SDR team provides to a company. It's not even the leads. It's a pipeline of people to become AEs. Now, like typically speaking, that's that's the the goal. And we you have SDRs that will become CS. I mean, we have a sales ops guy that was an SDR. You guys are sitting here as former SDRs. Like SDRs will go on to do other things. Totally. But the vast mm-hmm. majority of them are coming in because they want to be an AE. They're a yeah, pipeline I think the of bridge candidates. Group put it at seventy percent. Seventy percent of SDRs is going to become AEs. Yeah, that sounds about right. And and so yeah. I think putting it under the sales umbrella, like first it just makes a lot less change down the right because they're just staying in the sales umbrella. But it also gets them exposure to like AE managers a bit more and like the overall sales umbrella as a whole because they're in those full sales team meetings and doing all that stuff where, where if they're under the marketing team, they might not be in those full sales team meetings because those are sales team meetings and they might not be in the AE trainings, which you know they should be because they need to learn those skills. So mm-hmm. that would be the only, one of, one of the key reasons that I would say it. And, and by the way, I actually think that SDRs are, that's one of their biggest pieces of value you is there your future pipeline for aes hiring aes is really hard training aes is also very hard but much easier most of the time and you can get aes the way you want them to be but um cool so one thing that you know typically i would love to say like here's your action items if you're starting an sdr team or you're (laughs) starting to restructure this team but obviously we all disagree on what to do and where to put it (laughs) So, so, so screw your action uh, items. <laughs> yeah. So, so no, but but actually, like the, the action items I would say to people is that uh, um, if you're even thinking about restructuring your SDR team or, or going down a different rabbit hole, first off, don't do it three times in a year. I think Brandon touched on that. that that's, that's a <laughs> yeah. terrible practice. Highly, uh, yeah, highly but, encouraged. But so, so, so one of the things you need that. to do is decide if this is the right thing to do. And, and I would look at some things like speed to lead and, and your conversion rate on the marketing leads and how well you're doing outbound prospecting versus inbound prospecting on the same team before you decide if you need to split that. Do you have enough leads to even support having an inbound standalone team? Do you have enough SDRs to support having an outbound team? Because that's something we don't talk about. But if I typically say I have a ratio of one SDR to two AEs, which I think is pretty standard, some it's one to one, some it's one to two. Do I have enough SDRs to shave some of them off onto the inbound team and still go one to two? Because probably not. I probably have to hire a few. You need to weigh that as well. So I would look Mm. at those things and, and just weigh whether or not it's even possible for us to make that switch in the short term before deciding to do so. That would be like my number one takeaway. What do you guys got takeaways? I would also say just um, like go check out some research by the Bridge Group. They have a lot of great research on how SDRs are structured and comped and tenure and all that stuff. Um, I also think um, Topo, which is now part of Gardner, but like I've looked at Topo research a lot. Their sales development reports. Don't a you great trash? One to don't you at. trash Gardner on this podcast? We we need them. <laughs> no, <laughs> no, no, I. I I, I love Gartner. So yeah, yeah, you <laughs> no, better <laughs> say that. <laughs> no, I mean, not, not trashing Gartner at all, but uh, just saying like they, they, they acquired Topo, right? So yeah, Topo is now did. part mm. of Gartner. So, just stating um, facts. Yeah, exactly. Um, but yeah, t- the, the Topo, re- I'm sure Gartner has just as good research, but uh, the, the research that I have specifically seen in the past is the, the Topo uh, sales development benchmark report. 
So yeah, go check out that stuff and yeah, like see what makes the most sense for your team. Totally. Jonathan, takeaways. You're just nodding. Yep. They can't hear you yep. nod. I mean, I think you guys <laughs> nailed it. And maybe you can hear me nod, but <laughs> not. <laughs> yeah, I think you guys nailed it. I think it's just all about kind of alignment at the end of the day and where you feel like your organization is going to align the best and create the most sales. Man, you just, sometimes I forget that I'm the lawyer. You just like <laughs> dance around these things so like casually and high level. Just no no insults. Uh, so so I, I have more. Of course I have more. I like to hear, uh, you, you guys actually know I don't like to hear myself speak, but I speak a lot anyways. Um, no, but, so, so other, other things that I would take away that are sort of regardless of where you land in the debate is, is that... Um, you should go look at it. Are your SDR goals aligning to your marketing goals? It doesn't really matter if you have an inbound team and an outbound team or just a hybrid team or whatever that looks like. If you have SDRs handling marketing leads, they should share some version of a goal. So that way there's some alignment there, which allows those two teams to coordinate a little better. Um, and that they have the same definition, which I think is a miss. A lot of companies have like a different qualified opportunity definition for marketing versus their SDR team. But then the SDR team is handling marketing leads and the marketing team is like SDRs say they got 40, but we say we got 65. Like where That's the where it goes wrong the go? most. <laughs> yeah, it's all the time. Yeah, that that is the majority of the disagreement between sales and marketing. Yeah, or like marketing this, is cool. this is a qualified opportunity. Like, no, it's not. <laughs> yeah, it's, it's like definitions and SLAs. Like, <laughs> yeah, yeah. Those which, the, which, which that one is like fundamental, foundational. If you're doing revenue operations at all, those two definitions have to be the same, right? Like, yeah, otherwise, exactly. Otherwise, it doesn't make sense. Um, and then the other thing that I would say is super important, and again... I'm dancing the fine line of not saying Brandon is wrong anymore. Um, but <laughs> Just getting up for Brandon today, guys. Regardless of if you're doing Brandon. the hybrid or the split version of the teams, create a forum by which your SDRs can provide feedback to marketing on the content and on the leads that they're receiving. Because it's super, super important for them to be able to give that thing up because marketing is otherwise flying blind. They're not going to see these leads or know what's going on. Also, they might see leads and be like, these are great leads. How come they're not converting? And they have no idea that it's actually just a terrible lead because we can't go after that vertical or something like that, right? So that feedback forum has to exist. And I don't really care what what your team looks like. That's a fundamental piece of your alignment. Totally, 100%. And like what I love the most, whether it's a rep or uh, an SDR, is when someone sends a call to me and is like, hey, listen to this call. This is super valuable. That way I can hear the exact words that people are using. Like the the words matter so much. We changed um, one little thing and it made a big difference. So um, it was like, do you use the word conversation or do you use the word call? And yeah. just that one switch made a huge difference. So, like, I love it when actually people are like, hey, this was a great call. Take a listen. So if your marketing team or product marketers specifically have not listened to calls, go send them a few calls that they could listen to and say, here's what I think is kind of the takeaway from it. Um, because they should absolutely be listening to your so, calls so or you even s- jumping you on switched, calls. you switched marketing messaging because SDRs had better messaging. Is that what I heard? What you <laughs> 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 it's crazy, isn't it? No. And to add to that, Brandon, we do something internally here where we have a Slack channel called Prospecting Wins. And I love reading through those. And it is so valuable to hear kind of what's working, what's not working, and kind of the process of how the rep is getting into the company and you know whether it's through LinkedIn or or things like that is just so great and it's motivating as a marketer to see that stuff and know okay this is working let's keep going this angle 
I, I honestly didn't know anybody read that. I'm really glad to know Every that day. people are getting value out of it. That's awesome. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, no, no, that, yeah that, that sort of stuff, I love all that. I mean, I, keep that stuff coming. That, that's great feedback. And also the ring the bell, right? It's like, mm-hmm. yep. how did this entire really. deal ring the, ring the bell for all the listeners is when a deal is won and it sends an email out to the whole company saying, hey, we won this deal and here's the story of where it came from and how we won it and what they bought and why they love us. <laughs> Yeah, that, that Every, stuff everybody is, calls it probably like you know ringing the gong or whatever, whatever they want to call it. <laughs> yeah, has has their own version of it, but yeah, like that stuff is money. Like me as a product marketer, I re, I can read that stuff all day, and then of course have that in Salesforce so I can see deals that we won before I was even here. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah, super awesome. Um, cool. So, so I think I want to wrap up SDR messaging. I honestly think we have five more episodes on this because holy crap, <laughs> there's just rabbit yeah. holes to go down. There's there's so much we didn't talk about that we just went way off my script. By the way, it's it's gone entirely. Um, <laughs> but uh, but the everybody listening, the one thing I want to ask is is obviously we had some debate on the hybrid theory. Again, if you have thoughts or opinions or, or questions about that, please reach out to us. Reach out to me. Obviously, I, I'm a little more educated on SDR structuring than Brandon because he still <laughs> thinks hybrid is all right. Um, but okay, but okay. Uh, reach out to us in general. A kid, Brandon managed the team. He's great at it. He's, he was a wonderful SDR from what I hear from him. Um, <laughs> so, so, but I want to, but I want to segue. I'll stop. I'm sorry. Um, <laughs> I want to segue into the segment we always end with, which is one of my favorites. And I have a question that I think you guys are going to really like today, um, which is, so this, this past week, I actually did a speaking engagement at the AISP virtual summit, uh, 2021. I think they had some crazy AISP VSP hashtag 2021, something like that. Um, which I talked about, like how, how to buy technology, like what, how to, what factors should you consider in determining what you're going to buy, right? And beyond like the standard things, like do I have the budget and do I have a problem that I need? Like what are the things I should actually be looking at from a technological standpoint in order to solve this? And one of the questions that I got as a follow-up to that via LinkedIn, um, so thus the this week on LinkedIn piece, is how do you use sales funnel metrics when building your tech stack? Uh, which I thought was a really interesting question. And it came from somebody, full disclosure, who sells a tool that helps you analyze your sales funnel to determine what your gaps are. So, I mean, mm. it was a very pointed question. <laughs> By the way, he's an SDR Sneaky. and he's a great SDR, obviously, because that's yeah, a really so good SDR. Well yeah. If you buy his tool, that's how you solve it. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yeah. No. And I responded accordingly. I was like, you, Jonathan, you know him. It's Cluster. It's, it's yeah. the, the team over at Cluster that reached out to yeah. me about that, which is, yeah. it's a great good question. Guys. I was like, good on you. I'm, yeah, great guys, great company. <laughs> it's like great, great prospecting. Still not buying, but love you guys. <laughs> um, uh, but the question is still great. So how do you guys use sales funnel metrics when building your tech stack? Or do you? Uh, I mean, I think it's more about the integration piece. I think it's just ensuring your tech stack is all talking to each other and working together to be able to support being able to you do sales funnel metrics. So I think your tech stack should support the ability to create sales funnel metrics more so than your sales funnel metrics should drive your tech stack. If that makes uh, sense. I love that. That was such a good way to put that. Who are you? <laughs> <laughs> what are you oh, wait, I just, I just passed out. <laughs> yeah, what? Oh man, wait, I wish we could. I wish we could rewind. What? What was it? You, you ju- no, like that was so good. I think your. I think your tech stack should drive your sales funnel metrics, and not your sales funnel metrics deciding your tech stack. That's what you just said. Yep. 
Wow. That is, man. I have nothing to add. Yeah, that's such a good answer. (laughs) Mic drop. Um, Yeah. No, I mean, I totally agree. I I think, I, I think the only, the only thing that is like noteworthy is that like, as you look at a sales funnel, sales funnel metrics are typically used to determine where my holes in the funnel are, right? Like, where am I losing deals? Where are deals getting stuck and that sort of thing? Which then allows you to dig in deeper and identify, is there an actual problem here that's causing that to happen? And if that problem is something that you can solve with technology, then I guess tenuously you used sales funnel metrics to determine <laughs> that you had a problem, to then determine what that problem was, to then determine some technology to solve it and back. So mm-hmm. high level, it's much like any broad metrics term, like I guess it helps you point out a problem, but it doesn't actually help you figure out what the thing is or how to solve it. And those are the things that actually help you buy technology. So to your point, to your point, Jonathan, you crushed it. That's a great answer. <laughs> <laughs> I don't, don't have anything else. Brandon, did you have thoughts? Uh, well, I like, I, I don't think I've ever, yeah, bought specific, uh, a, a technology because I first looked at um, like sales funnel metrics um, <laughs> yeah it's like if oh anything, man you get I, out like, of the yeah. technology <laughs> I mean, yeah, exactly right. yeah and exactly and, and like i guess it, the only the only thing i can think of and, and this is probably where they were going is if you don't have sales funnel metrics maybe you buy technology so you get sales funnel metrics so you can figure, yeah, so you can figure that out yeah <laughs> yeah but like um, a, a tool itself is never going to solve anything in your sales funnel right no like it, not it's not high level it's, yeah. Exactly. Exactly. Like, let me make sure the strategy fits and the tactics are right, and then let me, like, let me test this out, and then once I prove this channel or prove whatever it is to fix whatever part of the funnel that I'm trying to fix, then maybe I buy a solution to help me automate that. I mean, right? maybe maybe every every deal is getting stuck on stage two, so I just get data loader and move them all to stage three. Job done. <laughs> yeah, <exactly. laughs> that tool's free too. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, I think that's it. Do you guys have any other closing thoughts today? I think that I sounds think good. So. Cool. Yeah. Well, everybody, everybody good listening, uh, it's it's been a pleasure, guys. Everybody listening, um, send us your questions. I'd love to get more questions for LinkedIn. I, I think those are really fun at the end. Otherwise, if there's topics or things that anybody wants to hear about, please do message us. We'll make sure to post with our LinkedIn's and everybody can reach out to us or send us our emails directly. Um, otherwise, guys, it's been awesome. Brandon, you're still wrong, but I appreciate the effort. And, and <laughs> you guys we'll gang up you. on me today because I called you Mr. Pokemon <laughs> yesterday. <laughs> I'm a hockey player. I don't know nothing about Pokemon. (laughs) (laughs) And with that, we are out. See you guys. We're done. See you guys. (laughs) Boom. Hey, sales strategists. At Revenue.io, we're not just imagining the future of sales. We're building it. We offer the world's most complete platform for revenue teams, and we're featured in the most recent Forrester Waves for both sales engagement and conversation intelligence. With Revenue.io, you can slash call prep time to seconds, guide your reps in real time to have more successful conversations, and after calls, we generate ready-to-send recap emails so sellers can keep deals soaring toward the finish line at light speed. See the future of sales now at Revenue.io.